Be Wealthy and Smart, episode 165. into a world of wealth and financial freedom without budgets, boredom, or bosses on Be Wealthy and Smart. And now, here's your host, Linda P. Jones. Welcome to Be Wealthy and Smart. I'm Linda P. Jones, America's Wealth Mentor, empowering women and men worldwide to financial freedom. I just want to mention our sponsor, Jason Hartman of the Creating Wealth Podcast. It's a must listen for anyone who's looking to create additional revenue streams. His show is full of smart stuff, and if you like this show, you'll like his too. Today, what we're going to talk about is why asset allocation models are broken and what to watch out for. You know, asset allocation is the backbone of investing, and most investment firms use some pretty standard models. It's usually a combination of these pie charts that are models of how to invest and Each slice is representing a different investment. Oftentimes, the models are something like a conservative model. You might have a moderately conservative model, moderate, moderately aggressive, and aggressive. And the choices of what to put in those slices of the pie are things like small company stocks, known as small caps, which are roughly under $2 billion in market capitalization. That means you take the price per share times the number of shares outstanding, and that tells you how big of a company it is. Medium-sized companies are called mid-caps, and those have 2 to $10 billion in size. And large companies are $10 billion in market capitalization. So you also have a combination of international, that would be companies that are outside of the U.S., and bonds. The bonds can be divided into short-term, which would be under three years, intermediate-term, which are three to ten years, or long-term, which are ten years or longer. So you have all these different pieces of the pie, these slices of the pie, if you will, and you put them in place in order to build your correct asset allocation model. So you first might pick, are you an aggressive investor? And of course, the longer the time horizon that you have, the more aggressive you can be. Aggressive meaning what percentage of your portfolio is in things like stocks, things that will be more volatile, but things that have the potential to also grow faster. Sometimes you also have the ability to put in some kinds of sectors in these asset allocation models, things like maybe another little slice for technology or healthcare or real estate. Real estate's really become a staple in the last 15 years because it's been a top performing sector for that time period. So we're really seeing real estate now added to most asset allocation models, whereas a couple of decades ago, that wasn't necessarily as common. As I've mentioned on podcasts before, we're likely near a peak in bond prices or valuations because we're at a low in yields. And yield and bond valuations move inversely or opposite. The coupon rate is the yield or the interest rate that the bond pays when it's issued. The higher interest rates move up, 
the lower the value of the bond. So when the bond is issued, it comes out at a coupon rate, and then depending on where interest rates go, it will affect the valuation of the bond. If rates go up, the value of the bond goes down. If rates go down, the bond value goes up. So that's because the yield is being compared to new bonds that would be issued, and they can be issued at higher yields than existing bonds. When you look at past performance, the track records look phenomenal on bonds because yields have been dropping for over 30 years. That's one heck of a bull market for bonds. As interest rates dropped, the performance of bonds was fantastic because, again, they move inversely to interest rate movements. Now that we're at the bottom for interest rates, what does that mean going forward? Well, it means a strong headwind for bonds. Bonds issued at low yields will lose value when interest rates rise and new bonds with higher yields become available. Interest rates have to go up someday and usually interest rates will move in a 30-year cycle. So don't be fooled by investments that have a substantial portion of their money in bonds like balance funds, which can be part stocks and part bonds, for example. The past looks great, but what about the future? Well, there could be likely trouble for the bond portion of a fund, and that's where we're only looking at past performance can hurt you. What happens when you sit down with many advisors? They might show you great past performance numbers and encourage you to invest in a portfolio that's done well in the past, but it has no relation to doing well going forward. In fact, in my podcast, Why Not to Invest in Five-Star Funds, I prove that five-star funds are actually worse performers going forward than two-star funds are. The difficult thing is there's no risk-free asset that yields a decent yield anymore. You used to be able to get a few percent in a treasury, but no more unless you go out years and years on the yield curve. Nowadays, even a 10-year bond yields about 2%. So you have to go way out in terms of time on the yield curve in order to get a higher interest rate. A 20-year bond, though, will fluctuate in value a lot more than a 3-year bond. So if interest rates rise and you have long-term bonds, you could lose substantial amounts of money. So it's very tricky and very treacherous right now. What can you do for asset allocation to avoid the low yields on bonds? Well, you can mix in some other assets in place of bonds, like large company stocks that pay dividends or real estate investment trusts, which yield some nice interest rates, and some other options. But the purpose of this podcast isn't to explore all the alternatives, but to show you why past track records of bonds are tricky in asset allocation models. And you just need to be aware that those great numbers of the past 30 years that we're seeing, again, in past performance really aren't repeatable. It's not a prediction. It's just math. Interest rates going from 18% in 1982 to roughly 0% today means a dramatic decline in interest rates that boosted the valuation of bonds just can't happen again because we're starting at zero today. The only thing we know is someday 0% rates will go up and that won't be positive for bonds. So be aware and don't be dazzled by past performance that's mathematically impossible to repeat going forward. That's all for this time. Until next time, live the good life and be wealthy and smart. Thank you for listening to Be Wealthy and Smart with Linda P. Jones. 
share the wealth, and tell your family and friends about the show. Check out our website, blog, and social media for more riches at www.bewealthyandsmart.com.